Well, Baker Mayfield is finally out of the system. He is now officially a Carolina Panthers. Today on the Locked on Browns podcast, Jeff and I will break down the timeline from 2018 when Baker Mania to 2020 playoff run and then how it all fell apart. We'll do it all coming up next on the next episode of the Locked on Browns podcast. You are Locked on Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day, your hosts here at Lockdown Brown, Jeff Lloyd at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd from the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, from the barbershop, Mr. Garrett Bush at G Bush 91. Um, we appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first day in, day out. Um, whether it's your favorite podcast platform, make sure you follow and subscribe to the show over there. Or, in fact, now on YouTube, uh, over uh, 1,600 subscribers to this point. Let's get that number going to 2K uh, within the window of 400 here. Looking for, to hopefully, 2,000 subscribers by the beginning of training camp, July 27th. Browns will be back in the building, back to work in Berea. Um with yesterday's news and Baker Mayfield now officially uh, moved on to the Carolina Panthers. Um, the thoughts yesterday, um, it's basically just the initial thoughts of it. Um, and for some, and I'm going to be honest, some of the coverage yesterday, some of the things I saw ain't right. Uh, it, it, look, this whatever 2021 did to you, as far as Baker Mayfield is concerned, you cannot forget about 2018. You cannot forget about 2020. Um, and the thing that's really driving me crazy here about most of this is so many people who you can go back and either look for their content or look mm. for tweets from the offseason of 2020 about how excited they were about this team, how excited they were about this quarterback, and now basically jumping on the grave. Well, you were wrong. So what are you jumping on the grave for? A year before, you all thought he was the greatest thing. He was going to be here for as ever long as he wanted, and he was going to lead Cleveland to the things that everybody hopefully is dreaming about for this franchise. Calendar year later, doesn't play. But you didn't win here. You were wrong. Just like, I mean, I, I don't get that part with it. But to think that Baker Mayfield's time here in Cleveland somehow was a bust or it's just some other bump in the road, another Cleveland Browns, LOL, the Browns moment. I'm sorry. There is no way. Garrett, we, we touched just a tiny bit on it yesterday. 2018, Thursday night football, the Jets, we get to see him. You talk about that ball. And it, literally last night, I went and I looked because I knew I had the play in my mind. And the Jets defensive back was literally all over Jar Jarvis Landry. Yep. The ball literally went between the player's helmet, the arm up, right into Jarvis Landry's chest. That was It was a money ball. Led to a touchdown, of course, from Carlos Hyde. Remember, that was a magical night for Carlos Hyde. You know, walked across the street from the hospital after his child was born. You know, scored two touchdowns. Then there was the, you know, I guess, you know, the, the I guess we'll call it the Cleveland special where Baker caught the two-point conversion and was in the, and you just saw, and it was that whole thing about that night was just, you want to know what? I hope you all got your jokes in. I hope you all, I, I hope you didn't leave any. Because we're not going to be able to use them anymore. 
This franchise has changed course. That season went on to be 7-8-1. and one. Tough loss in the final season down in Baltimore game that the Browns were really, really would like to have. I had spoken to uh, Kevin Zeitler that week before the game. He talked about what eight and seven would have meant, eight, seven, and one would have meant over seven, eight, and one. Um, and then the you know, magical games, Falcons, Carolina, and just the beginning of what was this player. And I think if you looked at this the right way and you understood, I don't think Baker, and I think this is where people got confused. Everybody thought Baker's numbers from college. We're going to translate him into the NFL to one of these player quarterbacks who's going to put up a statistical production similar to Patrick Holmes, similar to Deshaun Watson. It didn't translate to that type of play. But the beginning of 2018, times in 2020, and there were plenty of times where we saw this guy be an outstanding quarterback. Um, you know, the type of for me, I love that attitude. I am that attitude. You know what I'm saying? I, I think I'm the greatest dude in the room. I know I'm nowhere not. But, you know, it's the old thing, you know, and I learned it from my father, act as if. My father had a career in sales that went forever. Act as if. Act as if whatever you need to do to get the job done. You're the tallest guy in the room, the smallest guy in the room. You're rich, you're poor. Act as if. And I think Baker Mayfield, and this is what is really the roughest part from, you know, the way this all moved on is he found a way to kind of be every man's every man. You know, he was a star athlete, but he was a six-foot guy. You know, sometimes it looked like he had a little bit of a beer gut. He was he was that guy. And for where 2018 went, Garrett, the highs and realizing you finally had an established guy who could carry this franchise and <clears throat> wanted to carry this franchise. He didn't come here basically to resurrect himself to get the hell out of here. He came here and put expectations on this franchise that were jokes we're laughing stocks to even say we want to go win the playoffs. We want to go compete in the playoffs. He did all of this. You we you have to you have to watch yourself sometimes. And I even have to tell myself this. Um sometimes uh you can you know look at history and you could just diminish what you know the impact of something could be uh in the past just because it you know you're you're a few years removed from it. I always try to go back and watch. I love history. I'm a big, uh, big fan of, um, you know, the, the history and the wars of our our uh, world, um, the classics, uh, you know, classic novels. I'm into just, you know, history of of the United States and how this country came to be. History to me is a is a great thing because it gives you perspective, and it lets you think, and it and it and it reminds you of the time and the place and understanding the context in which uh, we look at things in the past and either, you know, condemn them or give people their flowers. And I think one thing that we have to do with Baker Mayfield is we have to definitely go back and look at 2018 and highlight some of the things that he did that no other quarterback did. I know a, a lot of people will say, well, uh, he isn't this and he isn't that. And I've been I've been a, a very big critic of Baker Mayfield in terms of some of the things he's done on the field and off the field. But just because I, I, I point those things out does not mean I can't appreciate some of the things that he's done. When you get 2018 and we go back to that throw, you know, there's been so many years where, and, and I love Bernie to death, love him to death. I like, uh, you know, Brian Sype, love him to death. But that ball that Baker Mayfield threw, it was the first time we had seen a, a, a ball like that. We, I used to joke with my father all the time and say, the Browns don't even got the back shoulder in the, in the playbook. They don't even know how to throw that route. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, everybody was throwing back shoulder fakes, and we just never saw it. And that's because we were so devoid of talent in, in terms of arm strength, accuracy, all of that. 
when he threw that football, we all looked to say, oh, that's different, right? That's different. Plus, talk about what he did on the field. Broke the rookie touchdown record, right? And he didn't even start in the first four games. So he didn't even play that much. He came in, and all of a sudden, boom, you get that Jota energy, right? Hugh Jackson leaves. You got uh, Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens. You know, the team looked like it got a little energy. And, and you can see that they went with a little bit of a youthful movement because Baker started playing. A couple weeks later, and uh, a couple weeks later, we saw the emergence of Nick Chubb. Carlos Hyde was out of this game. They said, well, we might as well go with the, with the rookie. So they go with Nick Chubb against uh, the Raiders. He runs off a great game. And so now we're super excited about, hey, we look like we found our franchise quarterback. We have our franchise running back. And at the time, Jarvis Landry, a guy that, that we hadn't had receiver like that, he, he's almost, you know, at 1,000 yards. So that season to me was very special, and it really did something, and it helped the psyche of the fans. You take a look at, at what we were the laughing stock, and Baker's attitude was pivotal for the fan base in the city because we had been laughing stocks, right? But Baker was one of the first people to go back and forth with people. He was unapologetic about having confidence in his team, having confidence in his ability, and that really boosted us up. And that is one of the reasons why Baker Mayfield, I've always said I love Bernie to death, but when it comes to people following you and impact, I think Baker Mayfield had the biggest impact on the city and the, and the franchise, especially coming back from one in 31. There was no question about it. Um, and for all the you know accolades you want to put on a Miles Garrett, he's not a quarterback. He's a defensive end. Um, and everything he's able to do is paramount. It's crucial. He's a, a ridiculously, ridiculously talented player. But this was always going to be about the quarterback. And finally, finding one and having one who could have have these abilities, do these things. Um, we didn't even mention the uh, Baltimore Ravens game, the 12-9 in on the field goal. Baker threw for 335 in what was first of, you know, Baker, you know, versus, you know, the Ravens. Baker, you know, versus the Bengals. Baker versus the Steelers. Of course, that one didn't always go as well. So maybe some of the other ones. Um, but she finally had this guy. And the thing was, is, and Baker knew the situation, you know, being the guy who was going first overall to Cleveland, it was probably not his ideal choice. But I do think a part of Baker Mayfield absolutely 110% wanted to be the number one overall selection, um, a player of his psyche, a player who you know carries that all he had been through in college to get to where he did to even be put into that point. You got this guy here. The face of your franchise changed. Um, the jokes changed. Um, I remember there was the you know game. There was the uh, Saturday night game. It was right around Christmas time. Browns at Broncos. Um, and I, like I I was at a Christmas party and look here in New Jersey, Browns Broncos on a Saturday night. I don't think me. I was like I, I was the guy. Who was like no no no. This has got to be on. You know, of course, you know, somewhat working in the same capacity hey. as well. <laughs> you but that had to be on, and, and there were people there, and look, casual fans, and you know, this guy. This guy. And I think it was also more if you're a little bit, you know, a little bit older, like you understood the cockiness and it, you, you had to be that to be great. That's one of the things that it takes to be a great at whatever you do. You have to have some cockiness to you. And for me, I mean, we'll close this segment with this, you know, woke up feeling dangerous. I mean, at the time it was just so subtly said, 
Um, and obviously it caught so much momentum from there. All you t-shirt creators, obviously, you know, you got your, uh, your pants lined pretty well with that one. Um, the 2018 was kind of special. We're going to get to a little bit about 2020 and then talk about, you know, the downfall of where it started in 2021, which basically led to this ultimate massive change, um, for the Cleveland Browns at the quarterback position, Jeff Lloyd, Garrett Bush, your latest locked on Browns. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including what would have been the Stanley Cups, the NBA Finals, NBA Draft, and of course, Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting waging information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and, of course, golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. You know, for the Locked On Brown podcast, you know, me and Jeff, we are here doing this podcast, but we are a representative uh, to of you guys in the city of Cleveland the Cleveland Browns community, the Cleveland Browns fan base, and the Locked On Network. Help us make the Cleveland Browns and the Locked On Browns podcast the number one podcast on the network, man. We want to thank you guys for helping us get to a point right now where we are. Uh, as we did say, we are a little, probably under 400 from getting to 2,000. That's a really big goal of ours. Help us achieve that by subscribing to the YouTube channel, hitting that like button, making sure those notifications are on so that every time we drop something daily, guess what? You guys are going to be the first one to get it. Make sure you go, guys go ahead and follow us at GBush91 and at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd as well. So we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, the first time we saw Baker and how everybody in this city fell in love with him. And that's, that's that first year after that, you, you, you really felt as if the Browns were going in the right direction. Uh, you kind of saw, the expectations level rise. You go from 2018 and then you get the, the 2019 and Odell Beckham Jr. comes in. And now you have Jarvis, Odell, you got Baker and Chubb and Miles Garrett. And it just looks like you get Freddie Kitchens, who was the hot name. See, a lot of people forget about 2019. And 2019, the first game of the year, we go and play the Tennessee Titans at home. And they just boat races. It's the it's the time Odell Beckham Jr. has to watch on. It just looks crazy. I think Baker threw three interceptions. And I think that was the first time we saw that the expectations for the Cleveland Browns, when they had those expectations, they didn't handle them well. 2019 comes and goes. 2020 is a year. Uh, you know, we get Freddie Kitchens in. Uh, out goes Greg Williams. Out goes Freddie Kitchens. We get Kevin Stefanski. And we get there to the first game of the season and we get boat raced 38. I think they beat us 38 to seven. The Baltimore Ravens just destroy us. We, we, and you're looking at it as oh and one, but then you get the resurgence. You start to see the Kareem Hunt and the Nick Chubb and the, and the play action game and the boots and the different things like that. And, and after you get past those games, past the last eight games of the season where you had some terrible weather uh, against the Raiders at home, terrible uh, weather against the Philadelphia um, Philadelphia uh, Eagles and the Texans at that time, and you get to the last eight games of the season, and then he's dealing. 
He's one of the rated almost one of the top three quarterbacks in that that uh in, in that eight grade stretch going into the playoffs. They cap it off with a win. Uh while their head coach was out of the game with COVID, uh, they cap off a win, a playoff win, one of the first ones in in, in almost a decade, decades. And they do it in style, putting up 40 some odd points in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, and beating Ben Roethlisberger, and I think that was the apex, the apex of what the Cleveland Browns are. We talk about going into Kansas City, talking about dueling it out, and you, you had an opportunity to, to win that game. But foreshadowing what happened in 2021, you start to see the little things, the little things creep in, like not being able to close out games, not having fourth quarter winning drives, turnovers a little bit. However, during 2020, that we were lights out down the stretch. Baker looked like one of the top 10 quarterbacks. And then it was all, it was just about formalities at that point. Are we going to give him a contract now or later? And, 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 and that was what, what it was all down to. It's funny how far you can come in a year. You go to just some things from 2020. Now this team had two four game winning streaks in 2020. And now if everybody remembers 2020, Everybody was calling for Joe Woods's head the first couple of weeks. We're talking about a team <laughs> that was playing Andrew Sandejo. And they were like happy about the fact they were playing Andrew Sandejo. For me, it, you know, if you think of uh, you know the Spanish term, you can imagine what I used to refer to Andrew Sandejo as week in, week out while watching him try to play here. Um, th- they were terrible. On defense, you know, it was if Miles Garrett gets a sack, all right, we did our job. Otherwise, we're Swiss cheese. Um, you know, high, high scoring games. Uh, you know, some of the games here, you know, you think you know the the win in Dallas. I mean, the Browns went to Dallas and beat around the Dallas Cowboys to even just say that sentence. Um, it just is is crazy to even contemplate even saying that. But look, you know, I mean, it was the Thursday night game after the loss at Baltimore. You beat the Bengals. You come back next week. You beat, uh, I guess, the, I think they were the Washington football team at that time. Then the Cowboys. Then the Colts. If you remember, there was the big Ronnie Harrison interception where he deked Philip Rivers into a bad throw. Final eight games. This team went six and two. Six and two down the stretch. Another four-game winning streak against the Texans, the Eagles, the Jaguars. That magnificent Sunday afternoon in Tennessee. I think the score was about 35-nothing, 31-nothing at halftime. You know, Tennessee chipped away, of course, on a poor, poor Browns defense late in the game to get back into it. You get to that Sunday night going to Pittsburgh in the playoff game and all that was going on. Uh, no head coach. Uh, this guy can't play. This guy can't play. I don't even know the name of the guy that we're trotting out there at left guard. Um, he's introducing himself to his teammates in the huddle and goes out and plays well. And, you know, I still, I will tell you right now, when it rains, I still have aches in my shoulder from the amount of fists I threw that night. Just things happening. The first snap over Roethlisberger's head. And I'm still thinking as the two of them are, Kick it out the back of the end zone. Just take the safety. No, they fumble, fart all over it. Carl Joseph recovers it. And you just saw this exuberance come from these guys wearing white that night. And you were like, whoa, whoa. They're, they're, they're ready to go. And, you know, it was. And, you know, and this is maybe still one of the biggest factors and toughest factors with Baker Mayfield is I think the way Baker's personality is, if you're winning, there ain't no issues. But the problem is Baker Mayfield is the same guy every single day. So if you're losing and things aren't going very well, 
I think there's a lot of people don't want to hear break. I don't want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to hear it today. And certainly probably where the issues came up. Uh, no question about it. But when this team was good, this team was winning, this team was scoring points, stringing together victories. Baker Mayfield was the toast of the town. And let's not make any mistake about that. And look, Deshaun Watson, obviously the bar is higher for Deshaun Watson. He has yet to take a snap here. But this is going to be the thing for Watson is you better go win some playoff games. This is now, you know, that's what they expected. And Baker Mayfield in 2021 could not meet those expectations. The expectations should be even higher if Deshaun Watson is the quarterback of this team. So every... Buddy, be ready for that. We're going to get into 2021 here. We'll get to week two. Uh, obviously, an interception led to an absolute down the spiral hole, basically, so to speak, here for Baker Mayfield and his time here in Cleveland. Jeff Lloyd, Garrett Bush, your latest Locked On Browns. Everybody who is downloading, subscribed, following Locked On Browns on your favorite podcast app, we appreciate you for making Locked On Browns your first listen. YouTube, as we said, the growth there has been fantastic to this point. Again, we appreciate you all a ton for being along on this ride with us, just trying to give you guys best Cleveland Browns content we can day in and day out. Welcome back to the Locked On Browns podcast. Uh, G. Bush, Jeff Lloyd, make sure you go ahead and make sure you make Locked On Browns your first listen of the day. We appreciate you guys out there. Uh, let's get to that 2000. Um, we talked about it um, throughout. We've gone now through uh, his rookie year 2018, breaks the uh, Peyton Manning's uh, touchdown rate, rate, um, record. We get to 2020. We talk about the magical season, the COVID year, how the Cleveland Browns really gave everybody who were in the quarantine and able to see people. They really gave us something to watch. Uh, they end the playoff, playoff drought and do it by beating the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. Uh, it just seemed like the twilight zone because that was something that a lot of people didn't think they think they could get done. And then all the expectations, all the expectations in 2021, uh, the Browns come out. And Baker Mayfield has a really good game against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Didn't get it done. Still had to turn over uh, at the end of the game where uh, he couldn't get it done on the last drive. But I think everybody involved would say that the Cleveland Browns really did their thing in that game and really kind of showed that they were on the same level uh, competitively as the Kansas City Chiefs. And week two happens on an interception and Baker Mayfield hurts his shoulder. Now, we go through this uh, issue, and, and that shoulder becomes the catalyst for his spiral. Uh, when you look at it, Baker always had trouble um, prior to that. It wasn't like Baker didn't throw the ball into cover sometimes or take unnecessary sacks or would bail out to the right and drop back seven yards. And, and, and all those things are, are things Baker did. But when you're winning, when you're winning in 2020, when you are beating your rivals, when you are or are putting points on the board and you're looking like you're doing it in an efficient, effective way, then those things kind of get swept under the rug. You don't look at them as much. But 2021 comes around, not as accurate after the injury, uh, not doesn't have the pocket presence after the injury. And then where I think he really uh, started to unravel is the way in which he started interacting with the media, teammates, coaches, right? I think the Philadelphia Eagles game where he refused to talk to the media, um, I thought that was a, a, a horrible look. 
um, just because for the simple fact that the Browns won that game, he played really bad in that game. And instead of him just saying, man, you know, we're lucky to get the win because, you know, my defense played well, running game was solid, and, and, and the coaches caught a great uh, game. I got to play better. I can't throw them interception, and that's on me. We'll get better next week. You know, we expected something as easy as that. And he just walks out. And then later on in the week, he doubles down on it and says, well, my teammates know what it is. I don't have to apologize to you guys. And I just think that those things started to compound. Just the way he was, he handled Hugh Jackson and, and, and uh, that conversation, the way he had it. And if you don't want to shake hands with Hugh Jackson's, okay. But at the end of the day, just keep it pushing. And then the Odell Beckham Jr. saga really started to unravel where Odell Beckham Jr. not only uh, gets cut by the Brown and released, he goes to the Rams, looks like a different player. They spoon feed him the football and get a ring. That that looks crazy on you. And all of those things compounded uh, to a point where he's starting to call out the, the, the uh, coach and the play calling and saying, maybe he's not putting me in the best position to make plays. And I think when that happened, I think the front office looked at it and said, are you accountable? Can you get it done physically? And do you have the temperament to be the leader of men in the locker room? And they came to the assessment and said, no. And that was all she wrote uh, for Baker Mayfield. And I thought, I thought it was telling that they had already started doing their work on Deshaun Watson as early as October and November. That goes to show you that they knew something and they had evaluated and said, we can't win with this. Yeah. I mean, when you start to, you know, when things come up and they can start, you know, giving you a timeline on some things. And this was even it, you know, the interception, you know, Baker um, and look, you know, any quarterback, if it's look, you throw an interception between the hash marks, you're supposed to run to the sidelines, lay down, have somebody cover you. And just the type of guy player Baker is put himself in a position and, and look, make the, everything you did instinctually is right. But you, you know, you need to think obviously that game was it, it, the interception didn't matter. The Browns were beaten up on the Texans at that point, but got yourself into that position. Boom. Now where, you know, obviously the, the left shoulder is done shot for the season. And where things even got even more murky was the next week, Odell came back. He got Odell involved, 75 yards. Browns beat the Bears. The defense now is starting to look good. We don't realize where, at this point, we didn't even know what Baker's injury was. You go to Minnesota the next week. You get a win 14-7. to Baker couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. All right, well, what's the deal? What's going on with this injury? Is he injured? Because then the next week, to even compact it more, you go play the Chargers. Baker's lights out. Over 300 yards. Dana Joku, he's hitting everything. And it's like, well, is he injured or is he not injured? And by Baker playing through it, he put himself in a position where he had to be judged by his play. Look, if you say you can go, then we have to look at what you're doing week in, week out, and evaluate your play. You know, if you want to put an asterisk next to it, that's fine. But it didn't matter. He was out there week in, week out. You've heard several people say, you know what, he did himself no favors by playing for this team. That was the type of guy he is. Baker, he would have had to been taken off the field by medical personnel to not play. It's just the way he's wired. Now, did it come out to basically essentially hurt him? Oh, no question about it. You know, it began to the point where the Browns, can we get more? Can we get a guy who, even if he's only going to throw 25 to 30 passes, can we be more efficient? Can we get better production out of these numbers? And you go through Baker's numbers. There are a lot of times, there's a lot of wins where it's close games. Baker threw for 180, 210, 
215, where you're saying now, okay, we won that game by four. If I play with a more efficient quarterback, a quarterback I think is a little bit more talent, talented, quarterback that's a little bit more accurate, and I give him the same amount of opportunities, guess what? In only 27 attempts to throw on the football, I may win this game by seven. I may win this game by nine. And that is probably where the ball started to get rolling on the Browns' head, whether or not they felt Baker was the ultimate guy. And to be fair, and to their credit, Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, they inherited Baker Mayfield. They gave him two years. They gave him two years. First two years didn't count. They didn't see it. They weren't part of it. Anything they saw was on film. So they gave him two years to be their signal caller. And what did they see towards the end here? They felt that they had the opportunity to improve. And a lot of the reason they could do that is because they had done such a great job with the roster everywhere else that they could say, you want to know what? I don't think three first-round picks over the next three years is going to crumble us. We've got almost everything else we need. The one thing that's left is if we can get an upgrade position at the quarterback, let's see if it can happen. Let's see if we can get one of the elite players in this league, and Aaron Rodgers, a Russell Wilson. Hey, Deshaun Watson, let's see if we can get one of these quarterbacks here. We have the assets. We have the roster now to do it. And, and for Baker, just, it, it, you know, for me, I, I, I will forever hate. Basically, you know, he's getting trounced on for what he did. Went out there, played hurt. Yes, the play suffered. There's no question about it. And that is what you were ultimately judged on. But the people who have such a blinders to 2018, to 2020, and, you know, to this year where it would have trended like, oh, I guess he would have played well in 2022. It seemed like even years were the years that worked out for Baker. But it, it was something that was just too good an opportunity for the Browns. It, it was just something that was put in their lap that they were totally comfortable with as far as adding more salary, um, going on from some draft assets to get a better player in here. Um, I'll never forget the Baker four years. It was fun. I mean, it, it, and even even the games they lost where they should have won, and Baker went into the media room and maybe said more than he should have. And when it, you know, look, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be cocky, be cocky all the time. Be cocky when you're winning. Be cocky when you're losing. Be the same old son of a gun, no matter the opportunity. And I think for most importantly, you know, that's what he was here. He is certainly a huge piece to why this franchise is talked about in a whole different light these days, Garrett. He is the guy that came in, engineered this team to a 7-8-1 season, got this team to a playoff win in Pittsburgh. He was the quarterback of this team, and for him to be spoken about like he's one of these you know, stupid names on this jersey that goes 65 names long, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, it, 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 he deserves better than that. Granted, it's over. Um we are now going to have to start dedicating our sights to the new quarterbacks on the Browns roster. But, you know, to just disregard these last four years or to point it off like it was never anything good. I'm sorry. That's just a bunch of BS. Yeah. You know, as a football player, as players, there's one thing that we understand. Um, you know, it's all about the film work. And I try to be as even as possible. I might not even really particularly like your game. Um, but what I have to do is I have to just go by the film. Take a look at what you've done. And, and I've seen every throw Baker Mayfield has ever made in college and in pros, right? And so here. So there, there you can't deny, as you, as you look at that film work, that he doesn't throw the ball well or he hasn't made plays for the team. It just came down to the fact that it wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't a fit where they wanted to. And I think you bring up the really point that the people have to digest. The Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, uh, Andrew Barry, they inherited Baker Mayfield. They gave him every opportunity to be the franchise quarterback. 
But eventually and ultimately, what they chose to do is to put their own hand, their own fate in their hands by going out, identifying the quarterback that they think can win, and then hanging their mayor and hanging their careers on the line for that. And I think they did that with Deshaun Watson. No question. No question. And this is now the future of this team. And the goals and expectations of this team are now higher than they've ever been. Um, we've been talking here for the last couple of days, you know, about you know, there were certain things we need to know about the Browns here before July 20th. One is going to be the availability of Deshaun Watson, still pending. The other one was going to be what is the ultimate fate of number six Baker Mayfield? Well, September 11th. <laughs> I guess if you I guess if you're going to run into your ex, you want to do it as quickly as possible. You know what I'm saying? So early, get early the, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it'll give the Browns you about 60 days or so. Get yourself looking good. Get that haircut because you know you're going to go run into the ex. So you want to look the, the best you can. Yeah, absolutely. Hand out a couple 10 real quick. Browns are going to get that opportunity September 11th. Uh, travel down to Carolina, meet the Panthers' new quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, and that's, I mean, that week, I'm just telling you right now, that week Ooh. is going to be absolutely Fire. nuts. Um, you want to talk about a week one game that's probably going to get about, you know, a, a, enough PR that you would make you think it's a playoff game. That is certainly going to be one right there. Um, so we got to a ton here today. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, is, it is over. Still weird to see. Um, I got a million of these things laying around. Tears, all this stuff dedicated to Baker Mayfield. They're not going anywhere. I enjoy the time. Um, I I get the move. I truly do. I, you know, because my thing always was when all of these talks were even going on during the season. You know, okay, well, can you legitimately get this guy to that we're going to consider an upgrade over Baker Mayfield if we're talking on field play? Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'm not going to lie. My thing was is how was this going to work? Were you actually going to get one of these guys to come here? Browns found basically the one with the soft situation that worked for them. Sean Watson in Baker Mayfield now in Carolina. So to Baker, all the best. Uh, as we said, got to a ton here, all things Baker, you know, going a little bit deeper into the uh, memory lane here. Um, We've, you know, uh, it's it, the week shifted obviously with the Baker news, so we, we got some more content coming this week. Um, as we shift now, we get closer and closer to the, the big answers to these questions that we have been talking about. So, it gives us a little more focus and clarity here as we get closer and closer to July 27th. He is Garrett Bush, part of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, part of the barbershop. Um, Saturday mornings, uh, Garrett's everywhere these days, busy, busy man, Mr. At G Bush 91. Um, Happy for him. Um, and check out the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show day in, day out. Obviously, they're all over uh, this Baker news. They're all over everything related to, you know, whatever news comes to the Browns quarterback position. And it's funny. We get all this news about the Browns quarterback. And somehow, some way, it's going to be Jacoby Brissett week one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we got a hey, 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 we got a locked on. We're going to need some Jacoby Brissett film work, dog. We need a couple of thumbnails. <laughs> for Jacoby Brissett, because we ain't got none yet. <laughs> Ross Jackson, if you're listening, hints, hints. We, listen. we need, and, and the best part is try to find one in a Browns jersey if you can. I mean, I think the only thing I see was him shooting threes when they went to the Cavs practice arena. Practice film something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, myself, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, the show itself, at Lockdown Browns, follow back account. DMs are open. Uh, we appreciate all of you who take the time day in, day out to make Lockdown Browns your first listen, whether it's your favorite podcast platform or now on YouTube, as we've been mentioning, uh, looking for the goal, hopefully, of 2,000 subscribers by training camp north of 1,600 now. 
you know, just excited and geeked for the growth here, but of course, never satisfied. Thank you for everybody though. Uh, you know, who's reached out, who's, you know, the, all the new folks joining this journey. And of course, everybody who has been here, you know, the entire time, all of this stuff being said, we appreciate you all. Thank you all. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.